Hello everyone, welcome back to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. I'm Max Sage, your host, and welcome to today's main episode as Forest pick up a point away on the road at the Vitality Stadium. Hudson Adoy with a beautifully struck strike gets Forest a valuable point on the road against Bournemouth. No stadium damage this time, although maybe a few dodgy refereeing decisions at a billing red card. To discuss all of this and more, joined by first of all Reds correspondent Sarah Clapson. Sarah, how are you? How was Bournemouth yesterday? It was a long way, but at least it was a game to watch. So that, that was the main thing. Yes, at least you got down there and the game was was on and wasn't called off with. Was we're never going to let that one go, are we? No, no, we never, <laughs> no, we never are. So sorry to any Bournemouth fans uh, listening or watching. Uh, and also joined by uh, commentator and broadcaster Elliot Stockdale. Elliot, good to see you making your uh, debut on Garibaldi Reds. How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. A little bit tired. Was working uh, late last night, but, you know, really excited to be on. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the invite. Good. We will keep it fresh for a Monday morning and try and keep you awake. Uh, although sometimes, to be fair, talking about Forest can put you to sleep at times. Um, Sarah, let's start with you. You made the long trip down, as you mentioned. What was it like from the press box? Watching on the TV just seemed like the first kind of 10, 15 minutes. We just didn't really seem to get going. It was classic Forest again. Yeah, the start wasn't great. Um, going one nil down after what five minutes or so was um, was not the best way to to get going. And then maybe ten minutes or so after that, Forest just didn't get in the game. They didn't kind of get a grip or a handle on things, and they looked a bit all over the place at the back. And just the midfield wasn't anywhere to be seen. And but after that, they settled down and they did begin to get into the. They really grew into the game towards the end of the first half. They really started to to get into it, created a few decent moments, a few positive, um, few positive forays forward, had a few half chances, um, deservedly back on level terms um, by the break. And then second half was just a bit scrappy, really, both sides. It was, it never really got going. Um, I think Forrest will be a bit frustrated that they didn't get the win. Um, a draw probably was about fair, I think. Um, point on the road, though, I don't think you can ever complain about that. No, you can't really. Um, Elliot, do you agree? It just seemed like it was kind of classic Forest away from home again, really. Yeah, it's a good point on the road for, for Forest. I think the fans should be relatively happy with it. The the away record for the club over the last 18 months in the Premier League has been pretty terrible. So I think a point against a team that have, have really improved over the last couple of months and on a weekend where... Luton, Burnley and Everton all didn't lose. Um, I, I think they should be should be relatively delighted, to be honest, even if the performance wasn't, you know, what we all wanted it to be after, you know, a bit of a disappointment in midweek or being against Arsenal. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good point on the road. Yeah, and I suppose, Sarah, when you look at, at teams around Forest that that are still kind of in this kind of relegation mix and, and, and that bottom half, Everton, Luton being being just two of those, as, as, as Elliot mentioned. I mean, how important is it for Forrest almost just to equal their points at the moment, given that we could have a points deduction in two or three months? Yeah, I think keeping it ticking over is really key. Um, it's building a bit of momentum and, and just keep picking up points, particularly on the road. Um it's so tight, isn't it, down there at the bottom of the table? It's really, really close. And obviously the the potential points deduction hanging over the club is it, that level of uncertainty and, and not kind of knowing what, what's going to be needed. So all the players can do, all Nuno can do, is just focus on getting results. And 
keep getting, keep trying to improve the performances. He's still getting to know the players, still getting to know the squad, still trying to put his ideas across. It's just eking things out at the minute um, and hoping that the improvement's going to come. Um, and then with that, results will come. Getting back to winning ways quickly will be key. Um, a couple of big home games coming up. So that's going to be really important. But I think just keeping it ticking over is is really crucial um, because you, you just want to try and build something, keep having something to build on, keep having positives to take and um, work on. So I think there was still a lot to take from the draw on Sunday. Um, a lot of positives, a lot still to improve. Um, and it, it probably sums up where Forest are in terms of Nuno's tenure at the minute. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And and Elliot, I suppose when you look at the game yesterday, again, 56% possession actually for Forrest was looking at the stats after, which is a real rarity. Um, and we really could have won it, really, in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, I think overall that's where the disappointments come from, from, from Forrest fans, is that after, especially when they're, when they're down to 10 men, Forrest pushed and should have won it. We had the chances. Um, you know, when, with the attacking players coming back for Forrest, we've got really no excuse going forward. Um, you know, a one year was an absolute force yesterday. Again, just making himself a nuisance. Yes, he didn't score, but just putting himself about there, having that option back is is massive for Forrest. So, yeah, I think they'll be a little bit disappointed that they, you know, didn't get the three points. But at the same time, shows that the the ability and the quality is there. And if there is a bit of patience it will eventually come. Those wins will start to to flow. Yeah, and I suppose, Elliot, just touching on that point you mentioned there as well about Taiwo obviously being back and he scored on his returning game against Arsenal, but he still didn't look that 100%. But but even when he doesn't look 100%, he's still, like you said, he's he's a handful in the box and he can offer so much for Forrest and, and just shows how crucial he is really leading that attacking line. Yeah, absolutely. Um like you say, he's not 100% fit yet, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried with the potential injury to Chris Woods. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to you know, be rushing at one year back? Um, I'm right in saying that you played the full game, didn't you? At the mm. yeah. So, you know, it's maybe against Bristol City in midweek, they'll rest him um, and give this new lad a go. If they're starting him, then maybe I'm a little bit worried that they, this, you know, the same things are going to happen where they've rushed him back too early. Um, and he's not getting up to a 100% match fit. But even a 75% fit Tyro one year is, is a force to be reckoned with and something that the fans should be very excited to have back in the team. Yes, definitely. And I suppose, Sarah, as well, you look at Forest's team yesterday and it, it was a strong team, the likes of uh, Alanga as well, and, and so many players that, that will come back for Forest and the more after AFCON um, as well. But I, I think one player I actually wanted to touch on and, and just kind of read in my notes here, I, I, I made a big point about, was Ryan Yates yesterday. And I, I'd seen some criticism of him on Twitter yesterday, but I just thought, again, he gives him, you know, he, he puts his body on the line, he gives absolutely everything. And when and it seems like whenever there's a foul or whenever there's anything, Ryan Yates is the first to get up, go to the referee. He's always there. And I just think that shows what a real leader he is to Forrest. And potentially players like him will be crucial given the huge games coming up and given this possible points deduction. You need players like him to lead the line, really, don't you? Yeah, definitely. You need players like him to, to rally the dressing room as well, rally the the troops, if you like. Um, he does what Ryan Yates does. Um, he, he, it's kind of, that's his game. He might not 
be as glamorous as some other midfielders. He might not offer the same technically or or quality as some of the others, but you can't you can't kind of coach what he offers. It's that extra little bit that um, that he gives, and it can make a difference. I'll, I'll be honest; I'm not completely convinced by the the partnership between him and, and Dominguez. I, I, it took a while to get going, um, and yep. certainly early on, Forrest didn't. The midfield just didn't have a grip on the game. They did get better, and they did kind of get a handle on things, but it, it did take a while to settle down. Um, and midfield is so important, particularly the way that Nuno sets the team up now. When Sangari comes back from AFCOM, I think he'll go straight back into the starting eleven. And um, Nuno really likes him; he, he really rates him, and he offers something a, a, a bit different as well. The absence of Mangala leaves a, a bit of a hole, and it's it's who fills it. Um, I guess you could look back and say, well, well, Oral missed the the two big wins. Um, he wasn't involved early on in, in Nuno's reign, but I still think he is a big loss. So you need other players to step up. Ryan um, Yates does that, and he, he just he can be a nuisance. Opposition teams hate facing him, um, and that offers its own um, its own quality, if you like, because you rile the opposition up, you you try and get stuck in, you, you maybe draw a few fouls and that gets opposition players frustrated. And um, I think you, you just can't replace what Ryan Yates brings. It's just something a bit different um, and you need different options. Yeah, no, you do. And I think just the criticism towards him is, is just so unfair and I just don't, don't see where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that, Elliot? I mean, I... I find that, that that Yates is often scapegoated a little bit amongst the fan base, and he's and, and he's criticised. And I just I just don't understand it from from someone that's watched Forest for a long time now. He comes on the pitch, and okay, you know he, he might make the odd mistake, but but what professional footballer you know doesn't? Uh, to be honest with you, it, it feels like he's been the scapegoat even in the Championship for all these years that he's been at Forest. He's never really been at everyone's favourite, but he's never let the club down. He always steps up to the plate. He's really taken to a duck to water, really, with the Premier League, I feel, over the last 18 months. And there, like you say, he's made a few mistakes here and there. But, but everyone has. It's been a really tricky last 18 months in the Premier League. And I, I think he's been really, really fantastic over the last couple of weeks, stepping up to the plate. Um, and, he, and he just does things that go unnoticed. So yesterday, he was just kept drawing him fouls in sort of defensive areas, shielding the ball, winning free kicks, just... Offering that respite for for the rest of the team, just giving them you know that extra ten or fifteen seconds to just have a breather, get back in position, and go again and then start building attacks. And especially now with with Warrell, obviously the club captain going off to Turkey, he is now essentially our captain. He's got to step up even more with a you know a couple of new players coming in as well. Um, I, I I really do not understand the criticism behind it. I think especially yesterday. He had a fantastic game, um, and, and I think we, we, sh we should be really fortunate and, and feel lucky to to have him, not just uh, as a as a player, but also just sort of as a, a role model for the football club. Um, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, as as the saying goes, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, no. Totally agree. And, and we'll touch on Joe Roll uh, leaving or expected to leave uh, shortly. Um, Sarah, do you think that Nuno will turn to Ryan Yates and you think Ryan Yates will become the main captain? I mean, kind of nothing's come out about it yet, has it? 
No, I, th I mean, he was vice captain anyway, um, and he, he captained the side when Joe wasn't in it. So I, I think it's just going to be business as usual um, for him. And he, he does play a big role in the dressing room. And you often see him, um, the way he interacts with his teammates, I think is really telling of the kind of person and, um, and player that he is. He, he really... He communicates well. Um, he, he really goes out of his way to make sure any new players coming in, he tries to help them settle. Um, some of the younger players as well. The link with the academy, obviously, he he is the the role model now of, of players wanting to break through. Um, and he, he does try to set the right example. Um, he, he's just an all-round good professional, um, I think. And the leadership side of it... Uh, I think he, he does that anyway, whether he wears the armband or not. But Forrest have a few players like that. Morgan Gibbs White, I've been really impressed with him in terms of his le leadership role. Um, he was part of the leadership group when Steve Cooper was there. Um, I, I think Nuno probably rates him in the same kind of, um, or holds him in the same kind of regard, really, because he, he again, just naturally helps to try to, to G players up. I saw him yesterday when... Um, Forrest went 1-0 down. He was there trying to get everybody going again, same as Ryan Yates was. You need players like that. You need leaders. There's been a lot of change in the dressing room. There's younger players. Um, it's players like Ryan Yates, like Morgan Gibbs-White, that offers that bit of continuity and helps the new players adapt to to settle in, to find their feet. Um, it's It's a really important role. Because it's not easy for anybody just to come straight in and expect to hit the ground running, especially if it's a new league, new division. Um, it, it is difficult. I think sometimes we underestimate that side of things and you just think players can walk straight into a new team and, and immediately pick it up. And it's not always the case. It does take time um, and you need players like that to, to help. Yeah, it does, and uh, and I think you need those crucial players, and 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 Morgan and, and and Ryan in the dressing room will certainly do that. Just wanted to touch on Elliot before we kind of move on from the Bournemouth game and look ahead, and and kind of single out um, more players and, and and more key players for Forest. I, I often feel a sense of when Forest go away away from home that that we sometimes give teams too much respect. I noticed that yesterday. I, you know, I, I just feel like you. Forest should have been maybe going to Bournemouth and and not showing them that much respect. Whereas it seemed like Forest, especially in that first twenty minute spell, let them have so much of the ball. The amount of corners given away, and and I, I just I just don't understand it. And then and then Forest can quickly change and and look really um, and look really threatening towards the end of the first half. I think it's a, a confidence thing as well. You know, amongst the fans, especially. Anytime Forest go away from home, nobody's expecting even a point, never mind a win. And I think that translates onto the pitch. I, I think the players must be thinking at the back of their minds. You know, they've only won what two, three away games in the last two years now. That's that's got to affect things. And when you're going there, it doesn't matter where you know, be it um, Old Trafford or the Vitality, you know that you're going to be against it against however many fans are there. So I, I feel Forest just. I don't know, maybe carry away for the first 15 minutes of the game, first 20 minutes of the game, because then when they come out of their shell, all of a sudden they're playing good football, going forward well, looking good on the break. But it's about starting the game that way. And I, I think that's a really important thing for, for Nuno and the staff to, to get ingrained in the players coming into the second half of the season now is when we go to away games, we've got to get ourselves in the mentality of we can win here. 
yes, our record away might not be great, but we're a good enough team. We now need to show that within the first 20 minutes, not in the last 70. I think part of that is also that the, the team keeps changing. So you had, uh, again, a different um, different goalkeeper yesterday. Mm. You had a, a different midfield pairing. It's it, the, the team has changed so much that it takes time then in games to for everybody to get together and to, to know their roles, know their positions. Nicolas Dominguez, again, back in a midfield role. Previously, he was playing um, out on the, the wing. So it's... Establishing those partnerships and those connections is so important. And you get that by playing the same kind of team and, and building it up through minutes. And Forest just haven't had that yet. Uh, and it that takes time. Yeah, totally agree. My Forest away record isn't great. I think the last league game I saw Forest win away from home was, well, it depends if you count Sheffield United in the championship playoff first leg or you count Peterborough which was towards the end of the season because I wasn't at Newcastle I wasn't at Chelsea and I wasn't at Southampton so to be honest I'm surprised it doesn't mean some kind of petition to stop me going <laughs> uh, let's touch on um, the red card Sarah I mean awful fire uh, foul I mean Cliver could have been sent off a bit earlier as well kind of lots to talk about the referee but I thought just that foul from Billing and I've seen Bournemouth fans disagree with it with which shot me, but that's that's a real Achilles breaker, and I just thought that that was a straight red, and and he he deserved to be off the pitch instantly, really. Yeah, when I saw it to begin with, to be honest, I, I thought the red card was a little bit harsh, and then you see the replays and you think, ah, yeah, no, it's 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 not. Um, he <laughs> he hobbled off Callum Hudson Odoi afterwards, and he looked in real pain, he looked in real discomfort. He did try to continue, but it, you just hope it hasn't done any damage. I, I think. Looking back on it, you, you can't really have any complaints about the red card. Forest frustration will be perhaps that they didn't make the most of that man advantage, but it was quite late on in the game. Um, and by that point, I know we've already mentioned it, but but Tywa was blowing a bit and it was just getting towards the final minute. So the time they had really to make an impact on it, 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 it wasn't long. Um, so perhaps there's a little bit of frustration, but I think you can understand it. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And it's, Elliot, this is a bit of an interesting question and and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but it seems like Forest fans are often quick to to blame the referee potentially if, if something goes wrong. And I know I know a lot of football fans are and they'll blame VAR and and they'll do all that, but but I just feel Forest more than more than often I mean we've written letters to the PGA MOL, but but I just feel like yesterday, you know, Rather than people saying, "Well, we Bournemouth should have maybe had nine more," well, maybe Forest should have capitalised on on Bournemouth having ten men. Yeah, we were speaking about you know earlier about Ryan Yates being the scapegoat. It's almost like the referees are week in week out for Forest. It's just it's, it's always the referees' fault. Just move on. Yes, decisions are not going to go your way. It's just the way of life. Look at what happened with Liverpool earlier on this season. Uh, you know, against Tottenham, went down to nine men. Yes. It didn't go to plan, but they've, you know, cried about it for a couple of days and then moved on. And then, you know, look at them now. They're in a title race. You've just got to dust yourself down and go again. There's no point in writing letter after letter after letter. Yes, we have VAR and we're all frustrated with it. And yes, the standard of officiating in this country isn't what it should be. But just get on and play football. You know, it, it's as simple as that. There's no point in moaning and yawping on Twitter about the game. Yesterday... Forest came up against, uh, I'd say, a, a dogged Bournemouth team. They did okay, 
maybe they should have won once the you know Bournemouth went down to ten men. But you just got to look at the positives, and I, I find it a real frustration after after the game when I go on Twitter now instead of just seeing comments about either how we played, be it good or bad. It's just constantly about the referee. And admittedly, yesterday I was frustrated with the refereeing performance mm-hmm. from both sides. But I think overall, we as a fan base need to dial back a little bit in terms of complaining about referees and just focus more on how the performance has been from the Forest players, either good or bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I suppose when we look at, at more key players, Sarah, as well, I wanted to touch on Murillo and Omar Baladelli, who have seemed to form this this huge partnership, this this brilliant partnership that's developing, saying that Neocarte isn't back, saying that Bolly isn't back yet. And they handled um, Solanke really well yesterday. He was really quiet, considering he always seems to score against Forest. I mean, he scored, what, a hat-trick, was it, when they played us at the start of the season? Yeah, they, they did a great job of keeping tabs on him. Um, I don't think he, he really got a look in at all. They've got, uh, they're forming a really solid partnership, those two, for two centre-backs who are really young and who don't have a great deal of experience. Um, they've looked really solid, really good, really promising. Um, I think Neocarte was on the bench yesterday. I think he's going to have a, a fight on his hands to get back into the team. Um, same with Bolly when he comes back, because at the minute... Omar Bamadeli and Murillo, it's, it's their places to lose. It's, it, they've got the shirts. And again, it's that continuity and, and playing together and developing a relationship and a connection. And over the last few games, they've felt the benefits of that. Um, I think as a, as a defence, generally, Forest have been fairly solid. They have been leaking goals. Um, but the Arsenal game previously, for the most part, they did pretty well. It was just a couple of individual errors that proved massively costly. Um, it's cutting those errors out that are, that are key. Um, the goal wasn't a great one to concede um, against Bournemouth. But other than that, I can't remember Sells having a save to make. I don't think, I think maybe they had two shots on target all game. It was a, a pretty well disciplined performance again. Um, there's a lot of positives to take from that because that was such a priority for Nuno to come in and tighten things up at the back and stop leaking goals. There's still a lot of work to do on that, but I think there's a really good base there. Um, and, and those two are brilliant. And they're also really good on the ball. And that's something, again, that, that Nuno is really keen on. Um, same as Steve Cooper was before. Players that can bring it out, that can pick a pass, that can then get going in the opposite direction. And, and those two offer that. Yes, they do. Totally agree. It's, it's nice to see actually a bit of a partnership forming between those two. And Omar Baladelli never really got a look in um, when Cooper was here and, and now that's completely changed. Elliot, got to put it to you. Is it a concern that, that Forrest have played against 10 men? It's five times this season Forrest have played against 10 men and have failed to score from open play. Do you think that's a concern? Well, now you've said that, yeah, I do think it's a bit of a concern. I didn't realise it was uh, it was that concerning, yeah. really. Um, yeah, I think Forrest just need to to learn to break teams down um, in open play a bit more, quite clearly. Um, how they do that, I'm not too sure. Um, that's obviously down to to Nuno or on the on the training ground. Um, I think things maybe just need to start clicking a little bit more on the attack. Try and get the the ball out the feet a little bit quicker. I think Hudson Odoi. While he's shown, you know, glimpses of how good he can be, especially yesterday. Sometimes he's 
you know, a little bit too slow to, to get the ball out. Gibbs White sometimes tries a little bit too much. And I think maybe that's what Forrest need to focus on, um, you know, on, on the training pitch. But yeah, I think quite clearly Forrest need to, to do a little bit more work on, like you say, breaking down what clearly are, are low blocks when, uh, you know, when teams do go down to 10 men. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, let's move on and, and we'll chat about Joe Worrell and, and the Bristol City game in a minute. But I know you mentioned him a little bit, Sarah, but I just wanted to touch on Matt Sells again. He came in. He's obviously going to be the number one now. Turner's going to be the number two. It was odd to see another keeper on the bench, but again, probably due to uh, availability for Nuno. Um, I thought I, I thought Sells played well. I, like you said, he didn't really have much to do. But it, but it will be difficult for him, won't it? Kind of coming in and, and basically slotting into that number one position straight away and, and replacing Turner. It must be probably quite awkward in the dressing room, that I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that they're a group of professionals. Matt Turner's been in and out of the, the team anyway um, because they, they did swap between um, Blackademus and, um, and Turner. He'll be disappointed, I'm sure. Um, but you have to look at the, the greater picture, the bigger picture. Um, I thought Sells did pretty well. Um, difficult to judge, really. Um, first game, again, didn't have too many saves to make, but looked confident, looked fairly composed, um, was good at coming for the ball, really good at communicating with his defence. Didn't have any problems with his feet, with kicking it or, or with um, with possession particularly. So, it was a decent start. It was um, encouraging, I think. Again, it's going to take time. He's coming to a new team. Goalkeeper is a, a funny position. It's so specialised. And you're coming straight in, almost cold. You're coming straight into a team, almost cold. And you have to quickly get to know your teammates, get to know um, how they like to take the ball, how things work, how the manager likes to play. It's And, and it's not like outfield players where you can ease your way in maybe play half like Gio Reyna did, maybe play a few minutes here and there, find your feet, goalkeeper, you're in and that's it. You have to kind of go um, straight from the off and, and try and um, make your mark early on. I think he did that. Um, I think he, he looked okay. It was certainly encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, a solid keeper for Forrest in what will be the next crucial few months. Uh, Elliot, let's touch on, on Joe Worrell uh, in Turkey, set for a low move to Besiktas. Uh, apologies if, if that pronunciation is, is, is wrong. Um, is that a good move for him, given, given that he's not getting the playing time and given lo lots of media speculation and reports about his relationship almost breaking down at the club recently? I think it's an interesting move, similar to, to Scott McKenna. He's obviously uh, gone off elsewhere in Europe. Um, I think it's disappointing the way that Worrell's career is seemingly over now at Forest. Of course, maybe the you know the door's still open if Forest do maybe go back down to the Championship next season. But you know, there's been so many rumours circulating you know on social media about what happened with with Worrell and Steve Cooper and the club overall. But I think for for a player that has given so much to the club, you know, he's a Nottingham lad, captain as well. For him to to go off without even a farewell, I think is it's just pretty sad to be honest. Overall, um, you know, he was always one of my favourite players personally um, over the years. So you know, wish him all the best of luck over in Turkey. Hopefully, turns into a good move for him. Um, you know, as well, it's, it's certainly been an experience for him. 
Um, completely different to, to playing away you know, at Rotherham United on a Tuesday. <laughs> Calatasaray away. It's, it's going to be interesting for him. Um, but, you know, maybe Forrest, like I say, you know, the, you know, the worst does happen and Forrest do go down. Um, maybe that loan move will be, again, the making of him, similar to, to how that loan move at Rangers worked for him. Yeah, it wasn't... Um, you know, amazing on the pitch, but he came back a, a different player and, and was just, you know, ever present for Forrest after that. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, about it being maybe similar to, to the Rangers' loan move, which really did him good. And, and he'd been a, a great servant for the club, really, ever since that. Sarah, was there any real truth to any of the media speculation and, and things on Twitter that, that, that came out? And, and I suppose also, it's a real shame how it's worked out for him, as Elliot touched on there, kind of no real goodbye. Yeah, I mean, not even being able to get on the pitch um, against Arsenal, I think, was was a real shame for him. I'm sure he would have liked that and a chance to, particularly with him at the city ground, a chance to properly um, say his farewells, um, albeit it is just a lone move. I think he'll probably feel a bit frustrated and disappointed at how it's all panned out. Um, obviously, he's... He's not been playing. He wants to play. He wants game time. Um, I think ideally he would have liked to stay in this country. But uh, as we've said, a move abroad, it's a different kind of experience. And I hope he, I hope he looks at it that way as a, a chance to broaden your horizons. It's such a cliche, but broaden your horizons a bit. Experience a different type of football, a different type of living culture um, and use it to to develop and then build when you get back um, and see what happens in the summer because he is so, he's really passionate, Joe Worrell. Um, and I'm sure the way that this season has gone will have hurt because he wants to be out there on the pitch. He showed that at Chelsea. I think it's easy to forget really that he hasn't, he's had a bit of a tough time. But that Chelsea game, he was absolutely immense in really difficult personal circumstances with the death of his uncle. Um, and he just played brilliantly. It's it just, he's got other players ahead of him now. And we've seen um, Omar Bandelli and, and Murillo develop their partnership and really come on. So getting away back into the team was going to be difficult. But he's such a leader, he's such a great character. And I think this is an opportunity for him to, to just go out and, and try something new and different and then see what happens in the summer. Did um did Nuno say anything yesterday about it, Sarah, in the in, in, in the post-match press conference? No, he, he didn't. Um, hopefully we'll speak to him today and he'll be able to give a bit more insight. Um, obviously, when we spoke to him last, just after deadline day had finished, um, the move to Sheffield United had, had obviously not gone through and Joe was still part of the group then. It was just a case of looking at the windows that were still open because obviously um, a few around the world were still um, and Forrest wanted to trim numbers and I guess it was kind of just finding the right move and hopefully this does prove to be a, a good move for him. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I think, as as both of you have, have kind of touched on, he's been a great servant for the club, similar to Yates. He's, he has done so much. I just think it's a shame how it's worked out for him, really. And and surprised that, that more championship clubs weren't in for him, because for me, he's a he's probably a, a, a playoff kind of championship. He, he could probably walk into a playoff 
side um, in in the championship. Uh, Elliot, let's touch on on Bristol City. Another replay this week. We've got to put the tie to bed, surely, and and get through to the next round, which sets up a nice clash uh, clash against Man United at the City Ground. Yeah, it'd be nice to you know to get through in the FA Cup. Um, I, I feel like everyone's sort of always split in terms of. Um, when you're in, still in the cup and you're in a relegation battle, is it a welcome distraction or do you just want to get out of the cup so you can focus on the league? Personally, I love a cup run. Um, I think fans love a cup run as well. You know, especially even now we're in the Premier League, it, it's still great to have any of the big teams come down to the city ground. Um, so I think the fans will, well, you know, we'll be right behind the team on Wednesday, really hoping they can get through and, and set up, like you say, that clash against United. Won't be an easy game against Bristol City. They're still... You know, starting to find their feet under under Liam Manning, but um, you know they've got some really dangerous players. Hopefully, it's a better game than it was at Ashton Gate because that was absolutely dross on a Friday night. It really wasn't an interesting <laughs> game at all. Um, but yeah, you know, work to do for Forest. I'm expecting changes, uh, as as I'm sure you two are as well. What those changes will be, I'm not too sure, but I think it'll be intriguing to see because I think whoever plays that game if they impress could be you know in, in for starting against Newcastle on Saturday yeah you agree with that Sarah I suppose again another cup game another replay as, as, as we touched on last week with Steve actually we talked about it almost being a bit of a blessing in disguise about how it will give Nuno a chance to have a look at his team and really single out those players that can play in the league against Newcastle which is a which is a crucial game yeah, he wants to do well in the FA Cup. He's made that really clear. You know, he wants to to progress and um, to go on a really good cup run um, because he knows what it's like. He knows how important the competition is, and it means a lot to him as well. So he wants to get through. He's gone pretty strong with his team so far. I think he'll probably try to do the same again. But that Newcastle game quickly coming on the horizon and a few a few difficulties, I guess, in terms of players being unavailable. It's going to be interesting to see how he sets up, but he'll be going out there to win, I'm sure. Um, Bristol City are a good side. I know we didn't see that particularly in the first game, um, but they do. They are a threat, um, so it isn't going to be an easy game at all. Um, Forest are going to have to be really switched on to that, but Nuno will want to, to really go for it. It's just getting going, I think, um, and, and getting off to a good start would be key hopefully get an early goal that would um, really get the city ground up and, and, and go in and get the crowd going and um, have something to build on. Hopefully it, it doesn't go to um, extra time, but we've been there before, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we have been there before. We never, ever make it easy, do we? Um, just finally, Elliot, after Bristol City, look ahead to Newcastle. Big game again in front of the TV cameras. Uh, plenty of people watching at the city grounds. Hopefully a better atmosphere than Arsenal because it was very quiet uh, for that game. But but again, a game that Forest could be targeting. Newcastle aren't on the best form at the minute either. No, absolutely. I mean, I actually watched the game um, on Saturday of Newcastle versus Luton. That was just absolutely mental. But yeah. Newcastle defensively were appalling. Um, and, and I think Forrest can really attack that with the pace of Anthony Langer against Dan Byrne. That has got to be something that they, they must be targeting in training. Um, but you mentioned there about the atmosphere. We mentioned that on the commentary, actually, against Arsenal. Felt really, really flat. 
And that was really unusual for Forest, especially under the lights. Usually that place is bouncing. Yeah. Hopefully it will be against Newcastle. Um, I think, obviously, if, if Forest win against Bristol City, that'll transfer on to Saturday. You know, the fans will start believing again. They'll be a little bit happier in that sort of frame of mind. Um, but like you say, Newcastle, they're in such rocky form, but they can score goals. And I think that's the danger. The first goal will be crucial um, on, on Saturday against them. But if they can, like I say, target either side, Trippier and Dan Byrne, neither of them are blessed for pace. I think Forrest could could surprise a few. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just just actually touching on that point that, that Elliot said, Sarah, about the atmosphere being flat. Do you think that's maybe because almost the not the whole novelty's worn off this season with Forest that that your big clubs come into the city ground, it just doesn't feel the same as it did last season. Elliot actually mentions about Dan Byrne's base there. I can remember having a chat with Dan Byrne at Five Live and, and he was saying that often you're newly promoted teams in the second season the atmosphere is not as good because the novelty's just worn off i hope not i hope that's not the case um the second it, we always talk about second season syndrome and i guess that maybe applies to on and off the pitch um it, it is a difficult season and particularly the way that it, it's panning out at the minute it's a real fight down there again and, and i think it's the kind of game saturday where the city ground can come into its own Newcastle, um, Saturday evening, big games, a lot riding on it at the end of a really big week. I think the City Ground will be really up for that, particularly if the FA Cup game goes well on Wednesday. Um, it's just, it's one of those games that you really look forward to. I'm sure the players will be looking forward to it. And um, yeah, maybe not a Chris Wood hat-trick this time, unfortunately, but um, having Tyro back, is just huge. He makes such a massive difference. Forrest look a different team when he plays and you always feel that he's going to get a chance and that he, he can score. So I think that's going to make a massive difference as well. He, he just he just adds something. Um, and again, the pace of Ilanga that we've mentioned, I hope that Callum Hudson-Odoi's goal um, on Sunday gives him a real lift because he, he's got so much quality. He just needs a bit more belief in himself and to to do that kind of thing more often, to take players on, to have a go. Um, hopefully that kickstarts him because he's got so much talent. He's just getting going again, really. Um, he's had a bit of a rotten time injury-wise earlier in his career and he showed so much potential early on. It, it's just it's just getting... He's so young. Um, he's still got so much more to give and so much more to come. So I think there's a lot to get excited about for Saturday. Yeah, for sure. And and that goal will do his confidence. Mm. The world of good. Um, I suppose maybe Chris Wood could tell Tywo what to eat, maybe before the Newcastle game, maybe Chris <laughs> left, leftover Christmas dinner or something on Boxing Day, which fired him up and made him score three away from home. And I wasn't there to see it. So the away record. <laughs> uh, right. I think uh, that does us nicely. Uh, Elliot, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on. No, it's been uh, it's been good to chat, and, and Sarah, thank you as always. Uh, fingers crossed, it won't be that cold for for the Bristol. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope we've got past the really cold spell. Spring is on its way.
It is, it is. Yeah, that, let's be positive. The nights are getting lighter <laughs> and, and Forest will be all right, fingers crossed. Uh, right, we'll see you next week for a bit of a chat, actually, after the Bristol City game. Uh, but as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, like, share and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us across Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you do enjoy. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Take care.